everyone, I'm Tiffany, and you're listening to Talking Nonprofits, a podcast about the world of nonprofits. This podcast aims to amplify the voices and missions of nonprofits. We connect nonprofits to the community and bring awareness to the purpose, leadership strategies, and challenges these organizations encounter. Follow along so you too can learn how to make a difference in your community. On today's show, we have Tremaine Rayford, the founder and CEO of the program, Inc., 2019 Glass City People Choice Award recipient and the 2020 20 and under 40 nominee. Here's a snapshot of Tremaine. Born to a single mother, Tremaine Rayford quickly comprehended the challenges that encompass fatherlessness. He observed his mother struggling to educate herself at the University of Toledo while continuing to provide for her children, maintained their home, and looked after him and his two older brothers. Without having a moral compass that is often found in a father figure, Tremaine struggled with insecurity, identity, peer pressure, and drug abuse. It wasn't until he was an adult that he began to recognize the negative impact from not having a father in his life. Welcome to the podcast, Tremaine. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me so much. So tell me about your why. What is your why for starting the organization? In our community here in Toledo, Ohio, um, and what I've experienced uh, growing up without a father, it's almost as if there's a gateway to crime and to prison and to uh, homelessness, uh, as well as drugs, that the main gateway is fatherlessness. Uh, Me growing up without a father, I experienced a lot of those we call them cyclical patterns of fatherlessness. And I, I was a youth pastor at my church. Uh, and I, I was, you know, tending to the boys and I asked the boys one question. I said, Who, where's your dad? How many of you guys dads are around? And out of the six boys, maybe one had a father figure in his life. Um, and that kind of prompted me, fast forwarded me <laughs> to start an organization because I thought how many other boys here don't have fathers. Um, And with this particular group, we were going over, I was teaching them how to change tires. I was teaching them how to tie a tie. Uh, There's so many life skills that I think we take for granted. Um, So I wanted to take that with these six boys and I wanted to just multiply it to see how many other kids uh, can learn these practical skills, life skills that a lot of these fatherless young men do not know. These are skills that a father would normally teach a young man. So I, I stepped in as being a surrogate, if you will, to a lot of these young men. Well, I definitely applaud. And we've already talked about how excited I was to have you on the podcast, because a lot of times I know there's a lot of mentorship for uh, young women. But to see that there is somebody who is mentoring young men, it just it just doesn't get my heart so good. So I just want to make sure that I say thank you again for sharing this with uh, the podcast, but actually just really doing it for young men because they really do need it as well as young women, but young men really need it as well. How do you want to change young men's stories from statistics to success? I want to change the, I have a saying, (laughs) and it says if uh, with, with all the numbers and all the data of uh, like 85% of incarceration, 90% of homelessness, uh, 63% of youth suicides, teen pregnancies, rapists, all these. I, what I want to do, if you can't change the system, you have to change the cycle. So my dream is to change the cycle of fatherlessness. 
Um, and I know it, it seems like a big task, but I, I believe as we raise great young men through our program, they will be great fathers, great leaders, uh, great men in their community, thus providing a ripple effect, if you will, of great men being changed and being great men and not promoting or not repeating the cycle of fatherlessness. I noticed on your website, you know, in my um, studying of the program, what is the first date program? What does that consist of? So, so what we do is we have a number of events every year uh, tackling different topics. Uh, and the first date is when the boys get to take the mother on the first date. Uh, this year, we were um, sponsored by Target to go into one of the number one steakhouses here in Toledo on our hometown. And the boys got to have top shelf steak. Uh, we taught them how to pull out the chair for their mother. We taught them how to how to cater to a woman. You know, a lot of times young men grow up and they grow up seeing what they see on TV and they think that is the way you treat a woman or they think um, how the rappers or how the music has kind of pictured or the lens that they give our young men how to treat women. We wanted to take that and say, see your mother, this is how you treat every woman you go on a date with. You know, this is your your first run, your first practice, um, and it, it's a it's my favorite event. They all the women they get roses from the boys. It's always they're always crying. It's always you know it's one of those life changing, impressionable moments that uh, young men get to experience. So when he goes on his real first date, he can say, "Well, when I went on the date with my mom. This is what I did, and I was taught to repeat the process so that we we can show these young men how to truly treat a woman by using their mother." Well, I want to tell my kids to come back home <laughs> and they are uh, 21 and 23 or 24. They need to take their mom on a first hey. date just so I can get the steak in the rose. Yeah, it's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late. <laughs> never too late. It's never too late. Uh, what steps do you take to connect the boys with the right mentor? I know that having the right mentor is important. So yep. what steps do you take? Okay, so so what we are doing this year is um, every child is getting a personal mentor. Um, so what we are doing is uh, volunteers will come in, they, they will get assessed. And during having these events, we don't want to partner uh, JoJo or some other kid just randomly up with what we want is an intrinsic connection. So we ask, we ask our young men or we ask our volunteers to pray, allow God to show you or God Whoever is on your heart, whoever you're thinking about at night, or whoever you're talking to your wife to about, that is the kid that we want to partner you up with. We don't want to just, oh, both y'all like basketball, both y'all, you know, we don't want to do that. We, we want whoever you have that real connection with, because basketball may not be the thing, you know what I'm saying? You might be interested in another thing that may trigger this young man from basketball, not saying that sports are a bad thing or anything like that, but may project him to be a greater uh, men in the future rather than just sports and basketball. I like the fact that you said pray first, pray, oh, yeah. you know, before you connect, because you, like you say, you just never know what, what skills or what intrinsic values that you will connect with, you know, beyond sports. It could be um, baking it could be, you know, video games. So that, that's a great, a great thing to do. Pray before you place those mentors in the life of those young boys. Uh, and I know you're talking about the first date program and all that, but also why is it important to teach our young men economic development? 
we have an event called Dodgeball, Economics and Dodgeball, Dodgeball Economics. I forget which way it goes, but <laughs> we wrap uh, Dodgeball and Economics together. And there's a statistic that says that about 60% of, of Americans have less than $1,000 saved in the bank. 60% of Americans have less than $1,000 saved in the bank. People, young men from fatherless homes, they're four times more likely to repeat poverty. 90% of homelessness comes from fatherlessness. Economics is so huge of a task, of so huge of a learning experience or of curve that we sometimes neglect our young men. One of my boys, 15, dishwasher at a restaurant, he got his paycheck. And first thing he said he wanted to do was go buy a Gucci or a Louis Vuitton belt. I said, well, how much is the belt? I'm driving. I'm like, how much is the belt? He told me $300. I said, for a belt? You don't even have a car to drive you to the place <laughs> to get the belt and drive you home. You don't even have bills in your name. Why, why is a belt, you know? But it's a, I believe the, the economic issue is a mental issue. Uh, I think we pride ourselves on fashion and, you know, rather than the true value of um, putting your money in savings account, letting your money work for you, all that good stuff. But the money is not the true value. You know, you are a great person with or without the money. There are times you're going to be broke. There's time that you're going to be uh, rich or wealthy or better off. And you should not place your just value in money. But the economic portion is paramount in a lot of things that we talk about because uh, we, as in our culture, we were spenders over trillions of dollars we spend and we do not put money away or invest it or, you know, we're not safe with our money. We are spenders. And that's another cycle that I believe that needs to be curved. If you have to show it, you know what I'm saying? I, I believe that maturity comes in modesty. So mm -hmm. if you're not financial mature, you're going to be financial immature, meaning you're going to show everybody, oh, look, I got this $18,000 necklace and I'm rolling on 38 or whatever, wherever they make nowadays. But to me, that shows that you're financially immature. Whereas someone that is financially mature, they don't care about showing you, impressing you or anything of that nature. They are secure and they are mature in their finances where they're okay with what they have in the bank or invested and they're not trying to show everyone. So tell us a story about one of your young men that your organization has made. I know you probably have tons of stories, uh, but just tell us some stories of the men, the young men that you, your organization has made an impact in their lives. I'm just so excited to hear that. Uh, so I'll tell you the most recent story. Uh, this story came to me June in June. Um, we had a series of um, brothers, um, two brothers, uh, they started off two years ago. They came to our tie event. Uh, I went to go shake their hand. And I mean, they're, they're, they're white. They're Caucasian. We have all kinds of colors. Mm -hmm. uh, and the kids come in. I go to shake their hand. And they just look away from me like, and I'm like, this kid's racist? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and the mom was just like, they're socially disconnected. They, mm -hmm. they don't go out. They don't, they can't look you in the eye. They can't, all of these things, they're homeschooled. They are completely disconnected socially and their high anxiety like the works the worst you can think of this is the case they 
they're just awkward in, in social conditions. They've been with us for about two years. Uh, we did a karate class for the boys and they're like, I don't want to go. I don't want to stay at home, nagging on their mom. Uh, a couple of boys went, they signed up for karate, meaning that every week they're around other kids. One of the, the oldest of the kids uh, was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't want to be around kids. And I'm just, just socially uh, caving into his anxiety. And then we had an event with a major league baseball player in uh, Ian Desmond. And Ian Desmond was talking about taking advantage of the moment when you have it. Don't allow moments to pass because you will stay in that captive area in your life and you don't want to do that so take advantage of those moments when you can get out and do something different and explore and learn and the oldest boy uh signed up for karate uh, and i know it seems minuscule i know it seems like oh he just signed up for karate you have to understand and go all the way back to they didn't want to talk to any kids they didn't want to talk to anybody they didn't want to talk to anyone and and for them to go from that to now they're around kids on a weekly basis you know and in the karate and talking to people and and not to mention when i see them now we're shaking hands eye contact they're regular kids you you would never understand the struggle that they went from from being way back here to all the way over here not to mention uh suicidal issues that were in between it's been it's been a roller coaster mm -hmm. but the the tunnel and the light at the end of the tunnel you can actually see now you know with, with them getting into karate and what else is next you know that story right there being the latest story i was just floored um i know a lot of people are like oh well but it's just the beginning of something that is going to be terrific that i believe uh, from where they started to where they are now. So since you mentioned those kids were, you know, had some social anxiety, do you work with kids, say, that have autism or special needs as well? We welcome them. Uh, we are not, like, certified or, you know, we don't have any uh, specialists that work with them, um, but they are completely welcome to come to the events and all this. We treat everyone like family. You know, so if you have a condition or if you have some sort of mental illness, we're not going to shun. We, you know, I believe love conquers all of it. You know, I think when you love somebody truly and, and, and it comes from the right place, that that person is going to be like, oh, this is, the, this is the spot. You know, they don't care about, you know, me being autistic or, you know, I want the best for you. I just I want I tell the boys all the time. I, I got to stay in a nice house. I got a nice job. In it. But my dream is for all of y'all to turn out better than me. If I learn the tools that I've, that I've learned over the years, and if I applied them earlier in my childhood and in my youth, I would be so far, you know, but my life ain't over. But I believe that it's my job to pour into this next generation so that they are greater than where we are right now. Uh, what do you want to see the program in the next couple of years? Um, so right now, we've, we've started um, the programming for women. We have on schedule to start the programming for girls. Uh, and then we also are going to create the programming for men. Um, but what I would like to see is what we are doing just multiply into different cities uh we we were i was just in sarasota last week uh and talking to uh someone down there i would love to start different uh cells in different states and have people because this is a this is a i don't know about 
other countries, but in America, 40% of American homes are fatherless. In the African-American community, you're in the higher 70s to 80%. And we need to do something. You can tell by the violence, you can tell by the drugs, you can tell by that there is no positive male influence anywhere. So we have to be that. Speaking of men, what would that program look like? I mean, just because they are already adults, what would that program look like for, you know, men so that they can be, you know, better in society? What would that look like? Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Um, What it will look like, it will look like the programming for, for boys. However, a lot of the things that we do cover with boys, men already know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times the things that we do cover with boys, like how to tie a tie, we had a 60 something year old man that never knew how to tie a tie that was in there. So we will do certain events like that, but it will be more so of a brotherhood. Um, so we'll do like fun, engaging events, learning, we'll, we'll learn about you know, economics, saving money, we'll learn about how to fix cars, we'll learn about things that take care of in, in a house, you know, practical things, but it'll be more of a brotherhood you know, because connection is what the world is missing right now, you know, with especially with the COVID thing and everybody being quarantined, you got to stay at home and you can't, you know, it's connection that we're missing. And when you're connected to a lot of quality people, you have no choice. (laughs) You have no choice, but you can't contaminate it in a good environment. You get what I'm saying? So that is the the motive behind that one. Tell me what have you learned about yourself since becoming a nonprofit exec? I learned that I'm willing to sacrifice. Um, I guess that's the biggest, one of the biggest things, like I sacrifice a lot for the programming. And then I don't even consider it a sacrifice because in the turnaround, it benefited me. When I first started the program, it was just a, you know, I was still out clubbing and drinking and smoking and doing all this and I'm just yeah I'm doing this on the side and then it became a are you a a correct uh representation of what you're trying to develop you know what I'm saying like you can't be for me personally you can't be in the clubs and drinking and smoking different women doing all this stuff and then trying to help boys become men when you're not even the proper representation of what what I think a men should be, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so so during that, I stopped everything, drinking, smoking, doing all that. I read books. Uh, I've learned to do things that in my culture, <laughs> you know, growing up, we would never do, you know, going kayaking, going hiking, doing, you know, because I want to take these boys and get them exposed to all these things. So I have to venture out and I have to change myself. So I have to sacrifice what I ultimately was grown up with and learned in the culture that has um, infiltrated my mind in a sense and think outside the box because I want these young men to think outside the box. We had an, we had a series of, it was a series we created for mini bikes. So we taught young boys how to replace parts on a mini bike so they can ride a mini bike. That's, that's something that I would never have dreamed of or never even wanted until someone came to me and was like, hey, why don't you try this? And I'm like, oh, that's dope. You know, is this me sacrificing what I what I was comfortable with to break into the uncomfortable for these young men? And it was 100% worth it. Great, great, great. So how can our listeners learn more about the program and support your organization? 
You can learn more by going to our social media pages, Program Inc. on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, you can go to our website at programinc.org. Uh, and if you want to support, you could be a residual supporter. You can click the donate button and you can donate $5 a month, $20 a month. You could be a one-time donor of $3 trillion. Yeah, $3 trillion. Put $3 trillion in there. I heard that Bill Gates... <laughs> You know, put, it out there. <laughs> put it out there put it out there right, right. you know because it's, it's definitely needed uh, i'm not i'm not full-time programming so i i work a job and then after my job i still you know i do the programming so it's um it's work you know uh and every dollar counts you know, towards our uh events and all this other stuff that we we do we had an event coming up next Friday, giving away book bags and back to school and stuff like that. So it's going to be awesome. I wish you were here to come. I wish you and your boys was here to. Hell, yeah, I'm all the way in Texas and Tremaine is all the way in Ohio, which I would love to see this organization move from, you know, you know expand from Ohio to Texas to Alabama, where I'm originally from. Okay. Such a positive. I just love it. And I know, like I, I said it, it just really does my heart good that you are mentoring young men, yeah. or young boys that will become positive men, a positive role model for the next generation. And yes. thank you for being the positive role model to this generation, Tremaine. I, I really appreciate it. God is good, man. God is good. Thank so, you for having me. Yeah, so we are at our last question. At Talking Nonprofits, our mission is to connect nonprofits to the community. In your own word, what's community to you? Uh, I would say reciprocity. Um, I, I think community is us giving and the community in, in turn giving. And I don't mean giving as in money, but I mean like resource as in me giving, let's say a book bag event people coming out and supporting. Community is people volunteering. Community is uh, reciprocating the effort to build um, a better community. To me, that is what is is what we need. We need reciprocity. We need people to come out and not only give, but be able to receive from people that are giving and people that are pouring out and volunteering and doing all that. Um, we need both sides to be moving. You know, we can't just continue to us nonprofits can't continue to pour into the community without someone saying, oh, I think I'm, I'm going to think I'm a volunteer for that place. You know, I think I'm going to take the boys down and I think I'm going to take the girls down and we're going to volunteer. We're going to put our hands on and we're going to try to help them out so that they can move more efficiently and more better. Um, and I think that's, I think that's paramount. I think we need that. I think every nonprofit organization needs people that are going to volunteer and going to put their hands to the plow per se. So I think that's um, reciprocity. That's my word. Okay. Your word is reciprocity. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast. And uh, everybody connect with Program Inc. Learn about what they're doing. Donate. You know, you know, Bill Gates, you know, other people too. They got good money. Oprah Winfrey, we want you guys to get on board with helping Program Inc. And thank you again, Tremaine, for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Join me each week to learn about a nonprofit's passion and mission by subscribing or following Talking Nonprofits wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, be the difference.